Hey everyone, thank you for joining us for this episode of our podcast. I want to thank our sponsors, the Filipino American Chamber of Commerce Hollywood, where we support, empower, and enable the artists, creatives, and businesses in the entertainment industry. We're a nonprofit organization, so thank you to our volunteers, donors, and members in supporting us and the artist community. If you like what we're doing, come join us. To our other sponsor tonight is JasonARealtor.com. Your agent for the Los Angeles metro area, whether you're looking to rent, buy, sell, or invest in real estate. And last but not least, kberks.click, that's K-B-E-R-C-S.click, for your graphic design needs, from minimal logo designs to full magazine publications. So sit back, relax, grab your favorite snack, and enjoy this episode. Hey everyone, this is Jason, Jason Eckworthy. And tonight I want to introduce you to Catherine Bercasio. She's one of our board members here at FACC Hollywood, who's also our VP for marketing. But not only is she a very talented graphic designer, but she's also a talented writer, blogger. You can find her blog at wordsbyirene.com. Here's a quick snapshot of her background, although it's, I warn you, it's a very small glimpse of her extensive experience. She's from the Philippines, immigrated here to the U.S. about four or five years ago um, in, 20, in 2016. And prior to moving here from Manila, she was head of design for some very major magazine publications, which included Cosmopolitan, FHM, and, Mag- and Maxim. Not FHM, just Maxim and Cosmo. Oh, it was just F. Okay, I don't know why I keep. FH, FH, no, FHM. Uh, I contributed in FHM Singapore, but in the Philippines, just Maxim. Gotcha. Okay, okay. so still, <laughs> Cosmopolitan <laughs> Maxim. <laughs> okay. So she was, uh, so she was front and center to all of the, those you know gorgeous mo- models, for those magazines. So I'm sure all of the men out there were jealous of. <laughs> but tonight, uh, Catherine, she's going to read us one of her writings on her blog. But before we jump to that, let's chat with her a little bit. Hey, Catherine, thanks for coming out tonight and joining us for this real quick chat. And thank you again for giving us this opportunity into listening to you read and, and seeing um, and reading about your blog. Thank you for having me. So, uh, you know, so, so real quick, so my first question is, how did you go from graphic design to writing? Or is it the other way around? Is it writing to graphic design? Um, actually, a long time ago, during my grade school, I've been, the, uh, I've been a staff member of our school newsletter from grade school to high school. Uh, I've always been either the managing editor or the associate editor, never the editor in chief. Uh, um, so that's and I I completed a lot in uh, writing, like essay writings, and I would always I I can't remember a time that I lost a competition. Maybe I just <laughs> forgot about them. But mostly I would bring home the the medal and uh, and on the side I would. 
do a lot of artworks. I also joined a lot of competitions when I was in grade school. I I got gold medal in UNESCO and United Nations art competition poster making contests a long, long time ago. I'm sure my mom kept those uh, somewhere, the medals and the certificates. Um, so if you would say graphic design to writing or writing to graphic design, uh, most likely it's either or uh, because graphic design emerged like uh, like very recent, not recently, but uh, we used to have very, very conventional arts and graphic design came up. Well, I don't want to dwell into the history of graphic design and advertising, but uh, yes, I think it came simultaneously. Although I, I was earning on as being uh, being a graphic designer, not as a, not, not as a writer, <laughs> never as a writer. I never <laughs> from it. I, yeah. I see. So it was so I guess that one of the factors is you know the financial aspect and yeah. <laughs> you know fine. I mean you're obviously talented in graphic design, but also talented at writing. But you know for me personally, is I've always felt that. Uh, you know, uh, graphic design takes one form of creativity, um, but then writing to me is, is is a totally different level of creativity. To me, it's just a lot more. It takes a lot more of creativity. Um, I don't know what part of you know the brain, I guess, is where that comes from. But uh, creative writing to me is just. You know, there's 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 not too many people who can do it, or personally, um, I'm not aware of. But I see more graphic designers, so maybe you know, maybe that's the the factor is career career choice. But uh, very very interesting. Um, so what between the two, which are you more passionate about? Are you I, more I can, I, I'm more passionate about writing because graphic design I have to do to earn a living it's like I'm obliged to do it um, whereas in writing I do it in my free time whenever I want during coffee breaks during the most uh, unexpected moments of the day I would come up with something and then elaborate and sometimes I I finish a story during lunch break or a blog in during my coffee break and that's <laughs> That's really amazing, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, yeah. So, so I guess one is the job, or feels more like the job, right? The graphic design, whereas the the writing is your more of your your fun, your your passion. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, so what inspires inspires you to write? Is it something where you just wake up in the morning and all of a sudden just start to write, or how, you know what 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 brings the inspiration is it you know, you know moment, special moments or what how do you it where could do you be start? any it could be any random thing it could be a post it could be it could it could be a speck of dust honestly it could be a cigarette butt um, um or a, a stain of coffee on the desk as simple as that pencil shavings from sharpeners random things wow in fact the very uh, one of my longest i think that's the longest story i've wrote uh, i've written is the pencil shavings at manhattan beach it's it's uh, now 17 17 uh, chapters product <laughs> chapter <laughs> yeah oh, wow. yeah it started with it, it just came out with uh, 
I just came up with it with when I saw the pencil shavings for my sharpener in the office. <laughs> yeah, that's wow. that's basically it. Yeah. Yeah, that's no, 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 that's that's very uh, inspiring. Um, so, what topics or stories do you like to write about? Oh, um, initially, when you when we met, remember you you were. Uh, I'm not sure. You were intrigued by my poetry about Philippines when I left, and then one became a song with Nelson, and uh, we haven't launched that. We will soon. And uh, yeah, poetry about the Philippines because I was about to migrate here. Yeah. And then when I came here, a lot of things that uh, I miss about the Philippines, and then the hardships. I wrote about hardships. Starting over here, like uh, how how my workmates treated me, uh, how how it felt so bad. Even my first, oh my God, I hope she's not listening. Even my first uh, landlady <laughs> when, I, when I moved out from my cousin's house, uh, it was really wow. It was really difficult. So it, it's not it's not a walk in the park. Sure. But I'm a Filipino, so kaya ko yon. Yeah. I mean, well, hopefully your landlady is listening. If she is, then that means it's a good it's a good thing, right? So now, so now your your blog and and this podcast is, has a bigger audience. But uh, uh, and I'm sure if she did hear, then she'd apologize to you. So uh, okay, so so just just to get into it, so just to, uh, so tell us about this piece that you wrote. That you'll be sharing with us tonight. Uh, actually, uh, I I even wrote uh, a post earlier today about okay. it. Uh, let me read it to you. Sure. Uh, hold on. So I am scheduled to record the podcast today. I agreed to my publisher to do this to rip off the mandate. Will it seriously help? I would have chosen another story, but. What better way to celebrate the first anniversary of Words by Irene? Uh, what better way to remember my mom's birthday? I started this after all to honor her, to pour my heart out, which almost burst with excruciating physical pain when she walked out of this world. I will, I will plunge and I will bravely face this. And yes, looks like I won't be able to hibernate as I planned. Looks like I have to face the world this month. This month, among other months like April, April wow. the month, not, not April Velasco. Sorry, <laughs> hi April. <laughs> okay. Wow. So, so this is your pretty much uh, you facing it head on. Yeah. With the... Ripping off the band-aid as Mer- Meredith Grey would say in Grey's Anatomy. Yes. <laughs> oh no! It was uh, it was the guy who said that. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> okay, so now going back to your original piece, um, and from what I, and so you wrote this piece. You know, this is probably um, uh, probably it's one of my favorite ones that you've wrote. Uh, a lot of them. I mean, I like a lot of them, but this one to me is just obviously because it's very personal and deep to you. So it's to it's. You opening up to the world, and, and so that's <laughs> you know yeah. that's a, yeah yeah it's a it's a it, and I'm you know very grateful that you can share it with the audience. I know it's a, it's a very uh, 
deep. It's very personal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, please, uh, if you want to, you want to take it from here. You want to tell us about it. Like, why did you, why did you open up to the world and write this? And you know what? What uh, made you do that? So it was uh, like two months after my mom's birthday. Um, of course, her birthday is September. I wrote this November 13th. I don't know why it just came out. I just had to write it to, to let it all out. I was probably crying and then, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, let, let me just uh, read, it, read, read to you and then um, you can ask in between or after. And, and then just so for our audience, um, so they understand the background. So you wrote this after... Uh, your mom had passed away in this that, year. No, a year after. A year I wrote after. a poem when she was, when I was, uh, I was, yeah, I, I wrote a poem about it when she was in the hospital, but this was a year after, about the pain, about how I had to deal with it. I, I almost blame myself. Sometimes I still do. So, yeah. As uh, as my art says there, she was never sick, never complained of anything. Want me to start? Yeah, please, please share with the. Okay, I I I titled this. Let's just wait for Irene's decision. Irene, that's me, of course. Um, I'm drawn to airports. Every luggage has a story. Every gate leads to adventure. Each boarding pass spells poetry. But this trip was different from all the other trips. No adventure, no poetry. I was anxious. I could hardly breathe. Holding my cell phone, I took a glimpse of the message messages in the conversation that was that I was refusing to read. It was the month of Holy Week in 2000. 2018, and this was my second trip to Michigan within a week. I was just told that Mama had a stroke barely six days after her surgery. She was supposed to be recovering. The last words I told her before I left a couple of days ago were, wait for me, Ma. I'll just tell my boss I will come back here so I can be with you while you recover fully. She replied, yes. She was getting stronger and was even able to walk to the washroom. I know she will keep her promise. She was never sick. It was the first time she got sick. She was resilient as a bamboo. I was at the Denver airport during the long layover because I couldn't get any other flights. My boss had booked that flight because she found me crying by my car. I was walking aimlessly, looking for my next boarding gate. I could hardly see the numbers. The tears flowing from my eyes were blocking my sight, crushing me worse than any typhoon as the fear envelops my entire being. I took a glimpse of the group chat again. The conversation has become way too long, too many unread messages. I scanned through it, hoping to find good news. The only message that caught my eyes was, let's just wait for Aileen's decision. There was nothing to decide, I screamed. 
in my head, well, mama will be okay. I will take care of her and will never leave her side again. I will quit my job, stay in Michigan for as long as it takes. Hours passed, I can no longer remember how I got into my seat. How my legs brought me to the carousel to retrieve my luggage. I was ready to book an, an Uber ride to pick, to pick me up since it was almost midnight when I arrived in Detroit. I didn't expect anyone to pick me up, but my uncle was there when I stepped out. He asked me if I wanted to go home first and rest. I said, no, please take me straight to the hospital. Then my brother-in-law was already there, among other friends, also present for my nephews and our youngest sister. I can't recall who got their first, me or my sister from Georgia. Everything then was a blur. I stood beside Mama. She was almost purple. I asked the nurse to change her blanket. I fell asleep. Around 2 a.m., Mama woke me up. She was hungry. She said she wanted sinangag fried rice. The canteen was surprisingly open and surprisingly had fried rice. I went back to Mama and spoon-fed her. After two mouthfuls, she turned her head and said, Oh, my grandkids are here. We have to go. The ICU became a field of green grass. A handful of kids took Mama by her hand. She climbed down from her hospital bed. Then they walked. No, they glided to a very bright light. Then I woke up and it was a dream. Mama was still lying in her hospital bed, almost lifeless. People started to arrive, bidding her goodbye. My aunt flew in from, from Florida. I begged her not to say yes, but she told me it was my decision. My siblings had already consented. Hours passed. My sister called a pastor. I refused to listen. Hours passed again. My uncle from the Philippines called. He said whatever my decision was, he will support it. My family was in the waiting room. They would come in and out of the ICU. Another pastor came in and talked to me, trying to convince me to let go. After a few hours of begging Mama to wake up, I gave in. I consented to pull the plug. Whew. We prayed and prayed. A lot of events happened after that day. But until now, I still can't help but think that if I didn't say yes, Mama would still be here. I killed her. I let this draft sit for a few days. This morning, I went back to it. As much as I want to be firm with my original ending, something hit me. And this may be true, not just for me, but to all of you out there who experience the same dilemma. You haven't moved on and still blaming yourself for a loved one's death. That exact moment when I was reading that scene, she was leaving. She already left long before I consented to pulling the plug. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Catherine. If you would like to join us as a guest for a future episode, let me know. You can find our contact info at facchollywood.org. Thank you again. We're always grateful for your support.